Hyacinthus by Jean Lang. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hyacinthus. The sad death of Hyacinthus, when the cruel breath of Zephyr slew him, Zephyr penitent, who now, ere Phoebus mounts the firmament, fondles the flower amid the sobbing rain. Keats Whom the gods loved I young, truly it would seem so, as we read the old tales of men, and of women beloved of the gods. To those men who were deemed worthy of being companions of the gods, seemingly no good fortune came. Yet, after all, in even a brief span of life, they had tasted God-given happiness. Was their fate one to be pitied? Rather let us keep our tears for those who, in a colourless grey world, have seen the dull days go past, laden with trifling duties, unnecessary cares, and ever-narrowing ideals, and have reached old age and the grave, no narrower than their lives, without ever having known a fullness of happiness such as the Olympians knew, or ever having dared to reach upwards and to hold fellowship with the immortals. Hyacinthus was a Spartan youth, son of Cleo, one of the muses, and of the mortal with whom she had mated, and from mother or father, or from the gods themselves, he had received the gift of beauty. It chanced one day that as Apollo drove his chariot on its all-conquering round, he saw the boy. Hyacinthus was as fair to look upon as the fairest of women, yet he was not only full of grace, but was muscular and strong as a straight young pine on Mount Olympus, that fears not the blind rage of the north wind, nor the angry tempests of the south. When Apollo had spoken with him, he found that the face of Hyacinthus did not belie the heart within him, and gladly the god felt that at last he had found the perfect companion, the ever-courageous and joyous young mate, whose mood was always ready to meet his own. Did Apollo desire to hunt? With merry shout, Hyacinthus called the hounds. Did the great god deign to fish? Hyacinthus was ready to fetch the nets and to throw himself, whole-souled, into the great affair of chasing and of landing the silvery fishes. When Apollo wished to climb the mountains, to heights so lonely that not even the moving of an eagle's wing broke the everlasting stillness, Hyacinthus, his strong limbs too perfect for the chisel of any sculptor worthily to reproduce, was ready and eager for the climb. And when on the mountain top Apollo gazed in silence over illimitable space and watched the silver car of his sister Diana rising slowly into the deep blue of the sky, silvering land and water as she passed, it was never Hyacinthus who was the first to speak, with words to break the spell of nature's perfect beauty shared in perfect companionship. There were times, too, when Apollo would play his lyre, and when not but the music of his own making could fulfill his longing. And when those times came, Hyacinthus would lie at the feet of his friend, of the friend who was a god, and would listen, with eyes of rapturous joy, to the music that his master made. A very perfect friend was this friend of the sun-god. Nor was it Apollo alone who desired the friendship of Hyacinthus. Zephyrus, god of the south wind, had known him before Apollo crossed his path, 
and had eagerly desired him for a friend but who could stand against apollo sulkily zephyrus marked their ever-ripening friendship and in his heart jealousy grew into hatred and hatred whispered to him of revenge hyacinthus excelled at all sports and when he played quoits it was sheer joy for apollo who loved all things beautiful to watch him as he stood to throw the disc his taut muscles making him look like hermes ready to spurn the cumbering earth from off his feet further even than the god his friend could hyacinthus throw and always his merry laugh when he succeeded made the god feel that nor man nor god could ever grow old and so there came that day foreordained by the fates when apollo and hyacinthus played a match together hyacinthus made a valiant throw and apollo took his place and cast the discus high and far hyacinthus ran forward eager to measure the distance shouting with excitement over a throw that had indeed been worthy of a god thus did zephyrus gain his opportunity swiftly through the treetops ran the murmuring south wind and smote the discus of apollo with a cruel hand against the forehead of hyacinthus it dashed smiting the locks that lay upon it crashing through skin and flesh and bone felling him to the earth apollo ran towards him and raised him in his arms but the head of hyacinthus fell over on the god's shoulder like the head of a lily whose stem is broken the red blood gushed to the ground an unquenchable stream and darkness fell on the eyes of hyacinthus and with the flow of his life's blood his gallant young soul passed away would that i could die for thee hyacinthus cried the god his god's heart near breaking i have robbed thee of thy youth thine is the suffering mine the crime i shall sing thee ever o perfect friend and evermore shalt thou live as a flower that will speak to the hearts of men of spring of everlasting youth of life that lives forever as he spoke there sprang from the blood drops at his feet a cluster of flowers blue as the sky in spring yet hanging their heads as if in sorrow and still when winter is ended and the song-birds tell us of the promise of spring if we go to the woods we find traces of the vow of the sun-god the trees are budding in buds of rosy hue the willow branches are decked with silvery catkins powdered with gold the larches like slender dryads wear a feathery garb of tender green and under the trees of the woods the primrose look up like fallen stars along the woodland path we go treading on fragrant pine needles and on the beech leaves of last year that have not yet lost their radiant amber and at a turn of the way the sun-god suddenly shines through the great dark branches of the giants of the forest and before us lies a patch of exquisite blue as though a god had robbed the sky and torn from it a precious fragment that seems alive and moving between the sun and the shadow and as we look the sun caresses it and the south wind gently moves the little bell-shaped flowers of the wild hyacinth as it softly sweeps across them so does hyacinthus live on so do apollo and zephyrus still love and mourn their friend End of Hyacinthus by Jean Lang. Recorded by Phil Schampf.